This hour is brought to you by Vasectomy Clinics of Chicago. The Bernstein and Holmes Show. I don't talk to Scott. One of his kind of signature moves is to go talk to the owner. But I think when you do that, you undermine the credibility of your general manager. I do appreciate Tom Ricketts understanding the game that Boris likes to play and not participating in it. You know, I think Chicago got the comforts of a full belly. So they're going to have to loosen their belts to keep Bellinger. Does he ever, like, just go do a hot five? Yeah. Open mic? No, I hope so. Wouldn't that be great? It's all baseball puns. They're terrible. This is what I imagine, like the lower levels of people in his agency. He invites them out for drinks. The interns. The Tyler of... Ouch. Yeah, he's young in the business. Like all of those kids are probably like super excited. They're like, wait, Mr. Boris, he invited us out to dinner? Man, we must be moving up in the world. And then you get there and it's a stage and a single mic. And he's like... Is this thing on? He just can't wait to just let one of those pearls of comedy unfold off his tongue. And, I wouldn't and- wait too much longer on Matt, or else he'll be chapped. It's 100%. beginning to smell like a deal. Huh? <laughs> wait, who's the other client? Montgomery. What can we do with that? Well, you could say, well, for enough money, you can, Montgomery could be a ward of the French. All of these I could imagine coming out of the mouth of Scott Boris. Of course. He's a great agent and a hack comedian. This market is moving at a snail-like pace. Ah! Uh. <laughs> you know what I good. like to say? What? Whoever snelt it, dealt for it. Ah! <laughs> The people want more of it. No, they don't. I now want people to no. start writing them for me. No, you don't. I'm going to tell Layla not even about it coming in tomorrow. <laughs> Parkinson's just, just me doing the bit for four hours. Right, big pun over here. Now here they call me Big Pun. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 a.m. till 2 on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. can't do this another day. I can't. Did you get it? Is it out of your system? Did you have your fun? Are your it's zoomies not, done? Uh, it's not out of my system. You, you, seriously, it's like a kid that gets the zoomies. Go run around. Go outside. Go run around until He's you're tired. He's looking to make a snell of a deal. Okay. <laughs> Big pun! I'm not. I'm not. I'm not I'm I not, heard I, I the beginnings of this I can't do this again. in yesterday's show, and I was laughing out loud to myself like a fool on my dinner break walk and people don't looked encourage at me like I him was crazy don't reinforce the behavior but here's what i think probably occurs is scott boris is probably like hey guys i make all these bad jokes and people have to hear them because of me that's right like he's probably like i got this and then he just says a bunch of silly stuff and, and there is no rehearsal that's right not even the associates. We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We're going to be joined by Mike Florio at 11, Boog Shambi at 1. We have a whole bunch of stuff to do in between now and then. Ray Diaz, Adam Studzinski, Brandon Fryer, Kevin Lapka. And I saw Cody Westerland was wandering I mean, around. He's working already. Too. He was in here getting it. Uh, correction. Thanks, Texas. We appreciate it. I did get my black Canadians wrong. It was Deborah Cox. And I got my one-syllable singers wrong with last names because I thought it was Jill Scott. No, it's Deborah <laughs> Cox, not not uh, Grant Hill's wife, Tamia. 
And it was college for Billy and uh, Bob McKillop and, yeah, and Bear. Bill Whittington. I just, that was a very deep cut on a morning where I haven't slept. It's hard well, sometimes sleep. for the recall and the brain. and Then the, sleep. But the brain keeps going at night because the biggest part of my job is at night. And I know, but then drugs. But no. Like melatonin no, even. I, no. Shut it down. No, I get crazy dreams on that and then I, no, no. Really? Hard no. Yeah. Cool for some, not for me. Yeah, there's some pretty. I, there are some pretty vivid dreams. It's like multi-level sagas, which I think is kind of cool. Lucid it's dream. Just, shout out to Juice World. There you go. I have before. I have had I, the uh, a lucid dream before. We're like, oh, this is a dream. Okay, that I have happens those to all me the all the time. Yeah, all the time. Really? All the time. Where you know you're dreaming yeah. when you're dreaming? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because you're like, this doesn't make any sense. Well, I remember one time when I was really young. Like I figured it out because I was, I was my dream. I was like playing with my toys in my room, and I realized I don't have this toy. And I was like, "Oh, I'm dreaming," and then I woke up. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that happens to me a lot because I'm like, "Wait, this doesn't make any sense." And then I'm what like, toy wait. was it? I can't remember. Oh, I was like, sure, I was you like can. ten years old. Sure, you can. It was probably some Lego, not like a, a GI Joe. Legos, or I didn't. No, I was GI Joes were already it's passed. O- it's by okay. The time I was you're there. among friends. If it's something you, you, you're, you're not going to be embarrassed. So. No, it was probably like a Transformer or a Lego or something okay. like that, or a Star Wars action figure. It, ha- like- it happens to me on occasion. Sorry, Layla, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it does happen to me on occasion, and the only time it happens, the dreams are terrifying. Yes, yes, they are. It's really upsetting, and I'm always late to work. Or I've forgotten what day it is. Yeah, it's it's bad. No, uh, I'm always getting chased. The problem is, you know, it's not like you go to bed at four o'clock when this show ends at two, and right. that's what you kind of have to do. Oh, trust me, I did play by play long yeah. enough to know that there's a routine when you finish a basketball game and you're going back a to wind the hotel. down. Yeah, yeah, it's like a, a shot of Cuervo and a, 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 a two Miller lights, and then you can head up. Yeah, so rather than substances, I just think I can tell myself to sleep, and that doesn't go well. Waking up early is the key. Mm. I do it every day, 4.30, yeah, no you, alarm. No alarm. I know. You always tell me that. Yeah. And then you you're keep running into your contemporary that. at the office yeah. earlier and earlier. From the day before. And you're never late to this radio, to this studio, but you go visit that Hallis statue. I don't know how you make time for it's all amazing. of amazing. You know, you got to get you got to get it in. You gotta, Did you wash your car today because it was a game day? Yeah, rise and grind. Hello. <laughs> Productivity culture. This is what we're about. Um, I have brunch with Jay-Z later. It's going to be awesome. That is kind of cool. Though. Rock Nation brunch. Let's go. Beyonce's album, I'm very much looking forward to. First black woman artist to have a number one country song. Sweet. And some, and some stations are refusing to play. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't going to play that. That ain't country. She can be on another one of our stations, but not the, the country station, even though. Yep. It's country. Even even though she's country. And even though one of the best country albums of all time was made by Ray Charles. Yep. So, but don't tell anybody that. Shh, 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 That's going to make people very, very unhappy. Uh, you would think that people can't mix genres and stuff. Guys, I think we might be looking at this a little incompletely when it comes to the 78 situation. How so? We are interpreting socks moves with socks moves, and we are talking about the Bears because they are also out for the same subsidies. But here in town, there is a team who got no public money for very expensive ballpark renovations and built a mini city around it. 
while revitalizing the neighborhood somewhat and also creating jobs with zero public dollars. Chicago State? Yet to be seen. Hmm. Who is this team that you could be talking about? The DePaul Blue Demons. No, they they got a lot of public money. Yeah, they oh, did. Are you kidding? They, too, they are a, a baseball team, if that helps. I know which one you're talking about. The Schaumburg Flyers. Boomers. Odyssey Softball. We need, Odyssey you know Softball what? does renovate the world. Maybe I, I maybe that's what that I'll do now, Studs. Like maybe I'll start handling some of the business practices of Odyssey Softball. You're going to be the Odyssey Softball Kevin Warren. I, I do get up at 4.30 with no alarm. But anyway, I digress. It's, it's the Cubs. The Who call knew? was coming from inside the house this whole time. It wasn't for a lack of trying because they asked. They it, wanted that amusement tax diverted to them and everyone was like, no. And they said, okay, we'll revitalize Wrigley Field. We'll rebuild Wrigley Field. We'll dig it all out and out come the rats. Here. And then they bought all the land around it under the name Hickory Street Partners. They bought up all the rooftops. They sure did. And you know what they get from it? All the money. But here's here's the other piece of this, guys. They pay taxes on it. Here's here's where it gets interesting. Is if you're a member of the public who doesn't think that public subsidies should go to either of the other teams, your example is the Cubs. Oh, I remember the I remember talking about Tom Ricketts not having the sharp elbows for understanding the way the political winds blew in the city and the county and the state, and they got routed. And they spent over it. Now, listen, there might be political situations overriding various interests of certain people. But at the end of the day, I don't know how everyone on the South Side donates either. And that's traceable for sure. And I don't know which powerful politicians are White Sox fans and which ones aren't. But I hear there's a lot who used to be. Yes, it used to be the like basically the whole up the chain from the mayor to the speaker of the house to the governor. And that allowed some space for Jerry Reinsdorf to maneuver in a very typical and sketchy Chicago and Illinois politics way. That dynamic is not there. J.B. Pritzker is not a White Sox fan. Well, Brandon not, Johnson is not a White Sox fan. Not to mention the energy that they had in the stare down. There was, and I, I, I know this because after well, after the fact, these stories have been told. They were never, ever, 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 ever moving to Tampa St. Pete, ever. Well, and how all many, they wanted was the best possible deal here, and I know that for a fact. It was all, it was all a show, and it worked. And listen, the answer is always no unless you ask. If we're in the same spot, we do the same thing for sure. Yep. I'm not saying that. And even on the morning show on Monday, I said, Jerry Reinsdorf knows people are going to question him. He knows that. He it, doesn't care. If, doesn't if it care. gets him the deal he wants, he's he going to do it's it. It's good business practice to have someone else pay for your stuff. Right. Like, that's, that's just good business. But I think that the winds of of change and where we are politically is very different from where we were 35 years ago too, where folks have a little bit more information about what is and what isn't going to happen economically from a venture like this, where it often is put in front of us as if it is something that's good civically. 
And while, yes, there are some things that seem like on paper are going to be good civically, what the data has shown us looking at multiple cities and counties and what they've done after giving own private businesses public money is that that money has not been recouped by the public. And, and that's that's one of the problems that Reinsdorf will have is that a lot of this stuff is now public. Like it's in the public domain and people can look and check and they can look at the amount of money still owed on the renovations on 35th and Shields and they can go and look and they can say, well, wait, how much money does the state still owe on Soldier Field? All of that stuff is a lot more accessible to the person who would either champion it because they are a fan of the team. They can now be like, well, wait a minute. What are we actually getting out of this other than someone getting something for free? The truest way to figure out what the public really wants is to put it to a ballot, period. It It is... Th- the will of the electorate in a place like Texas, where they paid off the ballpark in Arlington early, and that was upwards of a 15% tax on hotel car rental in a strong entertainment district with unprecedented population growth, is different from California, where they say no public money for privately funded teams and stadiums, no public money for stadiums at all. They still get them done. SoFi didn't come out of nowhere. It's not like the stadium ferry flew in and dropped that stadium where where it did. And I feel like Illinois is somewhere in the middle, but closer to the range of of at least budgetarily a situation like California. Like you can't you can't say that that the money is in the same spot here that it is in other places. Well, and the governor himself has said basically what California what what their mandate is in California is kind of his public view on all of this that public money shouldn't go to private venture and you can be a fan of the white Sox and be a politician you can be a fan of the cubs or the bears and be a politician but are you a fan of the public's use of dollars more and i i think in this case you already have the example and it's been sitting here the whole time Let's hear from Tom Ricketts when we come back, because I think it's interesting what he says. And how he said it. How he said it and what he doesn't say. That's next. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And 670thescore.com in Odyssey Odyssey Station. Station. This is not the appropriate time to talk. We're not going to give out any interim bulletins an appropriate time, everybody involved in the process will have something to say, and it'll, and it'll be said. You leave here feeling better than you did when you came down. Well, my leg is bothering me. How's your brain? <laughs> my brain is just fine. Just fine. Thanks, guys. Well, that's a little awkward. Right, the chuckle hut continues with yeah. Jerry Reinsdorf. He's another one. You can give him a. He's got a tight ten that he's gonna do for you. I mean, they're all Jackie Mason jokes, but it's fine. Jackie they're not Mason. that funny. I mean, if, Look, we're not going to be on the Otani race. I'll tell you that right now. If you're, <laughs> if you're asking for public money, if you're asking for public money, then be prepared to face the public. Well, I'm not sure that he thought. I think that he thought that he was going to sneak in and out of Springfield. Legislative record is public information. That is correct. But I think he thought he was going to sneak in. No one will know. 
Just like when he was in L.A., they won't hear what I say here at this conference because I'm in Los Angeles, not in Chicago. Na, 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 na. And then recordings and emails and oh, social media. It comes it's, and bites you. It gets you. So what did Tom Ricketts have to say when he had to demur when asked about the White Sox? I really don't have any comments or you know, I don't want to say anything about um, what the White Sox are doing. Like, I just, you know, that, that, that's, I wouldn't comment on what, what they're going to do there. So. <laughs> I, I, I can't. <laughs> if you're him, like this is another part of the political aspect of this story. If you're Tom Ricketts, and you didn't get public money. And the White Sox do get public money. I can imagine that that's not going to go over very well with him. And that he might be on the phone with some people talking about some things going forward. And who wants that phone call? They've never really intertwined their business that much. I'm not sure what levers Ricketts would have to pull. Especially. I don't think he has any levers other than, you know, the the leverage of of Wrigley Field and wanting to be a good neighbor and maybe being like, you know what, I've created my own. I've created Ricketsville now. I, they you do can go get, spin. They do get breaks because of the historical status. But at the end of the day, I don't think that outweighs the construction costs by any means. It's It's somewhat of a break, but they definitely spent that money. Don't they spend like $20 million in upkeep every year or something like that's that? That's what he said when he almost said that the Cubs were poor and that's why they can't get free agents this year. I think those are two different things. He almost said it. He came. He walked I, right yeah, up to the line. He walked close. right up to the line when asked that, but it's still – because they're engaging, because all of the teams that are staring down the Boris Four are engaged in, in soft collusion – They've got to be super careful. Well, and frankly, Boris is using that to his advantage. Beat them at their own game if they're afraid to tell you what the game is. We'll see. He usually wins. He usually wins. But but Ricketts sort of gave away the fact that he knows the, the, the trick. He knows the okey-doke, which is to get the owner to appeal to the fandom and appeal to the... Or, or appeal to the... The ego. The, of the owner, the ego, and and maybe the lack of knowledge of the owner. It's mm-hmm. an emotional buy, but I don't blame Tom Ricketts at all for saying Jed's my baseball guy. I I don't. I think it's that's what he fine. should say. Yeah, I I think that's absolutely fine. And and understanding that anything in a negotiation that's still ongoing would undermine that process. That's that's savvy. I I don't mind that at all. I think there's a difference when an owner positively talks about a player, but this is still an ongoing negotiation, clearly. But when it came to him being asked at spring training about about the ballpark for the Sox, that's when I was like, huh, well, 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 if it isn't the example that the people need. Yes, that, that that's why I'm saying that from a poli- – if you're – trying to keep political capital if you're the mayor or the governor with the Cubs and you give the White Sox money that wasn't given to the Cubs. I'm not saying that anything even happens with it. It's just, it's kind of a bad look on their part. And it's more than just giving them money. It's moving them into your backyard. 
Yes. Like you're that you're not just you you are you are subsidizing their incursion. It would be one way to look at it. Now the Cubs to their credit have never looked at the White Sox the way the White Sox have looked at the Cubs. Correct. The White Sox have been the 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 sort of bitter stepchild and have always held a grudge and have always been, you know, the Sox about it. Where the Cubs just sort of have had the eagle doesn't chase the fly kind of mentality to that and just weren't bothered by it because the Sox footprint wasn't big enough to even threaten them. But something like this, if you were to say, hey, sure, we're going to we're going to give you a sweetheart deal to move north. I don't know what the recourse is, but I, I would imagine that they'd look askance at that. I just don't know that anybody in Springfield has the political capital for this. For either team. It's changed. The, the, the dynamics have changed significantly. Lawrence pointed out before that Daly's not the mayor. Big Jim Thompson is not the governor. And, and Madigan, Mike Madigan is under racketeering charges. And Madigan's been charged. So this, this is a different climate. And, and that the other thing is, too, and, and we haven't talked about this, like, I, for the record, I love the idea of a White Sox game where you can see the same background and, like, having a lot of infrastructure around it. And I agree with you, Lawrence. Like, I love being able to take the red line just straight to 35th and Shields, crossing a bridge, and then being there. It's horribly convenient. Yes. It's fantastic. And you know what? I go to Cork and Carry after a game or two, and I... I am that person. Like, I will spend money outside of just the ballpark, and I love the food there, and I love watching games there. I'm a baseball fan. Shocker. Do the same thing in Wrigley. Also, shocker. But when it comes to the concept of a new stadium and it being exactly what they want, learning from the mistakes of only 33 years ago, yeah, I just don't know that the public has the ability to afford this. That's all. Like, they're two separate issues here. Don't, and they want you to marry them. Don't get it twisted. Well, they They're do. two separate issues. They do, and, and they don't. They, like, Jerry doesn't want people to think about the lack of investment that he's put into the actual baseball team, which, if I were a legislator, I would have a lot of questions for him about that. You're asking us to make an investment in your team that you've never made in yourself. You're asking us to put a billion dollars into a franchise that hasn't put a billion dollars in. That also hasn't put in a nine-figure contract. That's, this is what I'm saying. That, that if, if, if you even read up on the White Sox a little bit as a legislator before you go into session, you're like your team is predicted to not make the playoffs, and it's February 21st. You have never spent $100 million on a player. You have gone on record and said that you will not chase the biggest free agents in the game. It was and a laugh said, line. And have said it derisively as a laugh line. You're not acting in good faith as the owner of the White Sox. Why should we act in good faith as the people who hold the purse strings for the state of Illinois and the city of Chicago? David Eckstein. That's why. That's another reason you think David Eckstein's a great player. And your team has the smallest analytics department in all of MLB, and you're proud of it. Your basketball team changed slightly and might get the most improved player in all of basketball. That's true. Yeah. Your basketball player, like, added a couple dudes. And look at the difference. Yeah, but they're the same team. They're stuck in Nowheresville. I'm trying to promote the analytics there. 
When we come back, it's let's, better than having a zero percent chance an, of making the playoffs. An object lesson in what we what you're told about economic impact and what the actual economic impact of a publicly funded stadium ends up being from an old uh, co-worker, a, a colleague of yours. It's next in the score. You're listening to Bernstein and Holmes. Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. Well, nobody's made an ask yet. So uh, having said that, uh, I think you know my views about, uh, you know, privately owned teams and, uh, you know, whether the public should be paying for private facilities that will be used by private businesses. Having said that, I mean, there are things that government does to support business all across the state, investing in infrastructure. Make it's very clear that if there are aspects of this that would help in general, it's a bridge, a flyover, an exit ramp, a spur, that that can be done but only in the service of the larger interests. Before we get to this sound, I want to read an email. Old friend Ian from Boston, if you remember him, classic Who You Crappin' contributor going back 10 years or more. They say, you'll have to forgive my ignorance as I haven't lived in Chicago in a few decades. Is the 78 some kind of toxic waste site, some asbestos-riddled parcel in need of remediation, somewhere that no one but Reinsdorf would choose to operate his business? It sounds to me like Reinsdorf has submitted a bid for use of the land at negative $1 billion. Shouldn't be hard to top that. A key point to keep in mind amid the upcoming whirlwind of bad faith pseudo-studies. The question should not be, Do the hazy, hazy macroeconomic benefits cover the $1 billion handout? That's the break-even comp that will be put before us. Why should we settle for break-even? The proper question is, what benefits do a White Sox stadium provide that any other development proposal does not? It's a great question. Are the construction jobs only available if you build a baseball stadium? For the increased business activity they'll cite, is that impact not surpassed by any other use? than diverting the modest crowds from elsewhere in the city on 81 of 365 days a year, I'd propose the public would be best served auctioning the land off to the highest bidder. Short of that, I'd rank the Sox proposal below building a free little library to provide the public with books to put on their heads during thunderstorms. Need it. Lawrence posed the question, what kind of steward would Reinsdorf be for public money? Let me make two observations from his own operations. One, Rampant favoritism and exclusionary tactics, prime managerial jobs handed out to old buddies like Tony LaRussa or unqualified, uninterested boobs like Robin Ventura, over-market contracts to favorites of the likes of Leuri Garcia, exemptions from diversity criteria to hire his hand-picked GM, etc., etc., especially given the governor's eye for equity, why would Pritzker hand this man any control over distributing economic benefits? And two, by Reinsdorf's own example, he's notoriously resistant to moving on from a coach or manager since he doesn't want to be paying for two. By that logic, why should Illinoisans simultaneously pay for two White Sox stadiums? This is our concern, dude. That's very well done by Ian. And the thing is, is that when I was living for a year and a half, I, I lived in the South Loop. I Right there in the third ward, Pat Dow's ward. I think that she's an excellent alderman, by the way. Um, I disagree with her faith in this thing getting done. But even back then, this was 2020, 
people were talking about the 78, talking about, oh, there's there, there needs to be a new neighborhood built and there's room to build it. Considering the type of growth that's happened on the south end of the South Loop already, the economic growth that we've seen in Chinatown and Chinatown moving southward into Bridgeport to strengthen some of the economic development in Bridgeport. The 78 is ripe for there to be something great there. And it doesn't have to be a ballpark. Whatever goes there is going to be fantastic. The The homes are going to cost a lot of money, which is going to ideally bring up property taxes it doesn't have to be a baseball stadium that is the tent pole of the neighborhood. The neighborhood will be the tent pole of the neighborhood. They don't need the White Sox to come in there. To People are going to want to go to the 78 if the White Sox are there or not. Meanwhile, if you look at what's going on with the Chicago River, and if you look at ecologically the gains that have been made on the Chicago River and what's going on on the banks there, what has happened, the reason why the Riverview flyover on Western, got torn down, was because Riverview's long gone. And rather than have traffic go over that incredibly beautiful area of the river, now it's going to take a little bit of time, but now that they cut that thing down and you see where development is going, the river's getting cleaner, a lot cleaner. You saw that we made fun of the video of Chonkasaurus in, there in the river. But it's actually the sign of a healthier ecosystem. If you look at the the species of fish and, and what is going on with the fishing community and the amount of, of bass fishermen who are finding success regularly in that area of the river, that's 78. If you talk about it at, at the rate that this is going with the health of that, it's, it's one of the rare positive climate stories and positive environmental stories that we have going on because of really hard work that has gone into it. That The value of, of that real estate? Yes. Are you kidding me? Why are you going to give it to the White Sox? I mean, put it to a ballot, man. That's always the I'm, most truthful way. I'm with you on that. Put it to a ballot. I, I'm totally fine with, with a referendum. That would be great. Now let's go back to... An education on this for people who don't know Phil Rogers and what was it was his last big thing that he did at NBC five did this incredible documentary about the bears trying to build a new place. And he went all over the United States looking at different buildings, including SoFi. The part that's important is the part that the, the public still has to pay for. So don't believe it. When you're, you're going to hear experts come on the score over the next couple of weeks, and they're going to tell you how much of an economic boon it's going to be for you. Keep in mind the type of work that Phil Rogers did to explore how much money is still owed on Soldier Field's renovations. With all of the other demands for tax dollars, the public really doesn't want to finance the building of a stadium that's going to cost two, three, four billion dollars. Certainly not in Illinois. And especially because of the disastrous deal that was made on Soldier Field uh, now 20 years ago uh, when they renovated it and created, you know, what do they call it? It looks like a spaceship crashed into the Parthenon. That was a really, really expensive project, and they did it by selling bonds. That's their way of borrowing money. 
We wanted to know how much they still owed on those bonds. What we found was pretty shocking. The Bears in the NFL each chipped in $100 million. The Illinois Sports Facilities Authority issued bonds for the rest of the project, over $398 million. But right now, they owe over $383 million in principal and more than $256 million in interest. And they now owe $640 million? Yeah, they owe nearly twice as much as what was originally borrowed. I recognize that other voice in that piece. $640 million on a project that ended 20 years ago. I'm going to say that wasn't a good deal. I'm going to say you're also still paying it off. And that that tax that you're using to pay it off needs to go to that. And keep this in mind. Soldier Field is filled every week the Bears play. 61,500 every single week that the Bears play. They're actually bringing money into the South Loop and the lakefront. Not to mention a Taylor Swift concert. I strongly recommend you watch that. It's on the NBC Sports Chicago YouTube channel. It's especially pertinent now. It's called Bear Down and Out. And the whole thing is available to watch on YouTube on demand whenever you want. It is really, really valid information in this climate. Why don't we take a break? When we come back, let's talk with Mike Florio. There's a lot of NFL stuff out there, and we're getting ready to go to the combine. We'll ask, well, we're not, but the football public is and we'll ask Mike Florio about all of that stuff and the latest on what he's hearing about Caleb Williams, Justin Fields, Bernstein, Holmes, Rahimi here with you until two on the score.